Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Good to see you. Just looking around so I get to see all your faces. Hallelujah. Have you had a good week? That's good. You know, I'd love to hear a few testimonies um, of what the Lord has been doing in the last few weeks, if the Lord has done something in your body, if you've received healing in your body, if God's done something glorious. I'd, love, I'd just love to make space tonight for a few 60-second testimonies. So if I could have the microphone. Have you, if the Lord has touched you, done something special in your life in the last maybe two months, and God's, God's done something wonderful. Just give me a wave. I would love, yeah, come and tell us, come and tell us what's going on. One, two, you can line up. Come and line up. You, yeah, no, you don't have to wear shoes. It's okay. You don't have to wear shoes either. Feel free. My son, you have to wear shoes wherever you are. Son, he, he, tends, he has developed a habit of not wearing shoes. Okay. Well, I've just been here for the last six weeks and just soaking up the atmosphere, it's amazing. Um, but I do have a praise report. I, um, I saw my GP this week. I've been battling chronic illness for about five years. I haven't worked for four years and I've had a lot of issues with my immune system. I haven't, I've just gone for prayer in communion groups and nothing specific, just said, please pray for my immune system. Anyway, I saw my GP on Wednesday and I've had, amongst other things and autoimmune things, I've had 20 years of really bad sinuses, like chronic sinus, six months of the year, eight to ten courses of antibiotics every year. It's horrible. Anyway, she just looks in my ears on Wednesday and she's been my doctor for 25 years and she's like, they, I haven't seen them this clear and healthy in all the time I've known you. <laughs> I know it's just sinuses, but I'm stoked. Who cares about that? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. So wonderful. Praise the Lord. Come and tell us what's happened. Hello. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was... Travis. A few weeks ago, I, um, I like, rolled, sprained my ankle. I'm not really sure what it was, but, like, I was, like, running on steps at a park called Parkour Park. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I hurt my foot really bad, but then my friends prayed for me. And it was fine, and it was good. And I came to church, and I was in worship, and all of a sudden this pain just came back, and it came upon me, and it was at 10 out of 10. I needed to go to the hospital. I wanted to go to the hospital. It was really bad. And just before the end of the service, Pastor Mark was like, I'm here in Sandgate, an ankle. Someone hurt their Sandgate, an ankle. Someone hurt their ankle in Sandgate. And I was like, I could see Sandgate from where I was. I could like just see it because it was just over there. I wasn't in it, but I could see it. And so I was like, yeah, it's probably me. Um, and I couldn't even walk. Way J, legend, carried me like a, like a groom carrying his bride. I love you, Way J. Carried me up here. Um, and and Way J and Pastor Mark prayed for me. And it went down a little bit, but not really. Um, and then uh, Wayne, uh, the, the Wilkes paramedic, looked over at me and said, hey, I think maybe you should go to the hospital. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go to the hospital, you know, trust, I'll trust your, your knowledge. And then just before uh, I left, we were just about to drive away, and Wei Jay jumped on me and prayed for me. He said, in Jesus' name, be healed, be healed right now in Jesus' name. And then all of a sudden, 
this pain, love you AJ, all of a sudden, this pain on my foot, 10 out of 10 pain, definitely had to go to the hospital, had to get an x-ray, just left. It just left. And like, it was, it was hard to fathom because I had this pain and I was groaning and moaning and, and all of a sudden it just left. And I got out and I was just walking around and I'm just, and then, so, and then some lady came out, sorry, I forgot your name. Um, and she said, did Harry get healed? And Wade's just like, yeah, I think so. And I'm just like, And that was completely healed. Yay! Completely healed. Praise God. That's awesome. I love hearing stories like this. Do you have any other other testimonies? Quick one. Can you do it? In, can you do it in sixty seconds? Try it. Give it a go. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I've just recently, well, a couple of months, moved into a new discipleship house. You- and at the start, it was not chaotic in a bad way, but it's actually just amazing seeing how quickly God moved and actually brought everyone together and set us, uh, gave us all one mind in um, all of us, like, pursuing Christ and having, like, structure in our house. And it's really, like, possible for, for God to bring, like, unity in your homes. Like, supernaturally, it, it's possible. So... Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That is beautiful. That is a beautiful testimony. So any other testimonies tonight? We just love to hear what the Lord's doing. You know, it really encourages people when you testify about what the Lord has done. And, you know, the more we talk about the goodness of the Lord, in fact, Scripture says that the Lord bends low to listen when we talk about the good things that He's done. And there's something so beautiful that gets released when we glorify God. We're thanking him for what he's done uh, for us. Amen? Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we say thank you for today. Lord, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, you are unrelentingly kind, unrelentingly good. You are our hope. You are our unfailing hope. You're constant, never changing, faithful, stable, glorious, our rock. God, we worship you. And Father, tonight we ask that you give us ears to hear what you're saying. We ask, Lord, that you would move and that you would cause our hearts to burn, Lord, with more and more passion to know you, to worship you, to honor you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I was just, um, last weekend, I was in Melbourne, uh, ministering at Glory City, Melbourne, and um, uh, they were doing a conference down there. And on the, I think it was the um, Saturday night, we went with some of the team, Glory City, Melbourne, and Glory City, Bendigo, and we went to just get some dinner before uh, the evening meeting. And we went to the local bowls club. And um, well, they don't take your order until 6 o'clock. Or, yeah, 6 o'clock on the dot. So there were people were sitting at the tables waiting. And, you know, they, they've got their system. They've got the way they do it. And I was watching this elderly man sitting at another table and thinking, I wonder, is he, is he going to be eating alone? 
And then they took his order and uh, sure enough, as we continued our conversations and we began to eat, I, I watched. I watched them bring his meal. I saw him sit. I saw him sit there and look longingly every time kids ran past, in case they might stop and say hello. And I watched him sit down and eat his meal by himself. And my heart was just moved toward him. I, I thought, Oh God, it's so sad to watch someone eat by themselves. Now I know some people love to be by themselves, but it's. There was something more about this, and I kept being distracted from the conversation as I was looking at this older man. And then, happily, before I could, um, before I, I could do anything, um, Tim McInnes from Bendigo had had gone over to have a chat to him and found out that he he came to the bowls club to eat because his wife had passed away a few years ago and. I guess, um, so he didn't have to cook for himself. And he talked with him. He said, oh, you know, do you know Jesus? And he said, I'm a Baptist. And he said, but the Jehovah's Witnesses come and visit me every week, which is really nice. But I think I'll stay Baptist, he said. And um, it, it got me thinking. You know, my, my grandparents, uh, on my father's side, they lived in Toowoomba. And when my, when my grandmother moved into, had to move into a nursing home because she'd lost her sight, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses would come to visit my grandfather. And, you know, when I found out that they were regular visitors, I was like, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. He goes, but they visit me. And I, it, it touched my heart, you know, the fact that there are so many people so lonely. So many people thinking about the fact that, hey, life isn't forever and what's going to happen on the other side, that they will open their hearts and listen to almost anybody who will show them love. And my heart was moved to think, you know, how much it means to God when we step out and love somebody outside of our busy life and our busy circle, if we could see what God sees, if we could see with eyes of eternity and realize how much it means to the Father. Now it tells us in Matthew 25 verse 40, and the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. I remember um, years ago when my eldest daughter was uh, away from the Lord, I had thought to myself, you know, when, when she walked away from God, my life just fell apart and I, I was ready to give up ministry and say, Lord, I'm not able to look after my household I'm, and I'm not qualified for ministry. And I, I, I put it on the altar. I said, no, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, every morning. And I heard the Lord tell me the very first night, as I was saying this, Lord, I'm, you know, because as parents, you'd do anything. You'd give your life for your kids. I'll do anything. I'll give it up. I'll do whatever. And the Lord took me to chapter and verse that night. And he showed me where Jesus had heard the story about John the Baptist. And John the Baptist had been killed. And Jesus went to withdraw. 
But as he went to withdraw, he, he saw the multitude that gathered and he had compassion on them and he fed the 5,000 and then he stayed and he taught them. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to, want you to have compassion on the people. I want you to feed them. And I'm so glad I did because if I had just given it all up, I would have spent three or four years just in deep depression. And instead, they became the most fruitful years of my life thus far. We had more young people come into our church and call me mama than I'd ever imagined. And it turned out that a few years later, it was one of those young people, a couple, Sean and Rochelle, who are now in, uh, right up in Bamaga, in northern Queensland, they decided one night to go on a prayer drive. And they went on this prayer drive. And by this time, um, Jess had come home, but she still wasn't walking with the Lord. And she had been at a restaurant and was about to go out with her friend later. And as they were on the, the prayer drive, they didn't know anything about my daughter. But the Lord said to them that night, that's the one. And they pointed out, the Lord pointed out to them, my daughter. They said, go and pray for her. But they reasoned it away and they said, oh, it's late at night. She's just young. She might be embarrassed. It might be scary for her. We don't want to scare her in the nighttime. We'll just keep driving. So they kept driving and they said, Lord, who do you want us to pray for? The Lord said, that was the one. So they turned the car around to go and find her, and she wasn't there. She'd gotten into her friend's car, and they'd gone around the block to find a place to park and put some makeup on. So they said, Holy Spirit, what do we do? Where did she go? And the Holy Spirit gave them directions. So they went around the block, and sure enough, they found her. So they came up by the side of the car in the dark, and they said, don't freak out, we're Christians. <laughs> and they began to just prophesy. They began to have words of knowledge for her and her friend. And my daughter, having grown up in this environment, was telling her friend, this is really good, don't freak out, this is really good, I know about this, this is good, this is amazing. Keep saying, what were you saying? And it was a really positive experience. And then, um, then she said, that was amazing, guys. Where do you go to church? And they said, oh, Glory City Church. You should come. She said, yeah, my mum's a pastor. <laughs> the other thing that happened that night was about exactly the same moment that they were on their prayer drive. The Lord had just suddenly called me to intercession. And I went into my bedroom and just... I had this strong intercession come over me and I was interceding for my daughter for about half an hour. Half an hour after I started interceding, I got a phone call from my daughter saying, Mom, you are never going to believe what just happened. <laughs> and you know, now it's just so, so beautiful what the Lord has done and the way that he has just brought such incredible restoration and brought her back to the Lord. It's just amazing what the Lord has done. But as I watch, and I thought, thought about that, and I thought about this elderly gentleman, I realized, you know, when, when they reached out to her, I took it personally. It was as though they'd done it to me. It's like, oh, I was so grateful. But they hadn't done it for me. But because she was mine, it was like, oh, I took it so personally. 
But then I also found myself when I found out that Tim had reached out to this old man that I'd never met, didn't know. I was thanking him over and over again. Thank you for doing that, Tim. Thank you for thank you for talking to him. I'm so grateful you talked to him. And I'm, then I was thinking, why am I saying thank you to him for doing that? And I realized I was just feeling what was on the Father's heart. As much as I've done it to the least of these, I've done it to him. As much as we reach out, as much as we love someone in his name, he takes it personally. And you know, it, it challenged me. I, I began to think, Lord, help us. Because so often, as, as we go through life, and as I'm, I'm watching um, our children grow up and realizing life just goes on, I began to realize how important it is that we remain alert and aware, fully aware and fully awake of the reality of eternity, of the reality of what life really is all about. Because it's so easy to get distracted and caught up in the rat race, isn't it? You know, we've been looking at Song of Songs, the most beautiful book in the Bible. Um, Song of Songs, chapter 2. I'd like to look there again. It says here, and I'll start at verse 9. It's a, so, it's a song about, uh, written by King Solomon. And it's an incredible picture of Christ and his bride foreshadowing what it would be like as, as we who, become bo- who are born again by the grace of Jesus Christ are now able to be joined as one with with the Lord. Hallelujah. And this this book is all about is a prophetic picture of what it looks like to be joined to God, to have a relationship with our heavenly bridegroom. And so we have the um, we have the bride saying, My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, this is the king speaking. In the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch for us the little foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. You know, it's a really fascinating passage. It's talking about the invitation that we have to intimacy with the Lord, how much he enjoys our voice, how much he enjoys our company, how, how, how rich his love is for us and how this one thing is our priority over all. Hallelujah. But as we prioritize spending time with him, gazing on his beauty, Psalm 27, one thing shall I seek that I may gaze on his beauty all the days of my life. Hallelujah. As we understand the importance of making this our priority, the the overflow of, of time with him is 
letting that love be revealed through our life in an overflow. The love of God can only fully be experienced together with all the saints. Ephesians 3, uh, Paul prays for us to experience the revelation of the fullness of God's love, the height, the depth, the width, the breadth. But he, it's, he says, together with all the saints. And you know, true love gives. Without a giving of love, you're not actually experiencing the fullness of it. Without an opportunity to let love be given, you really are only experiencing part of the, the depths of the dimensions of the reality of love. True love needs an expression. It needs an object of its affection. Amen? True love gives. And it's, it's in the giving that we actually experience another dimension of love. Hallelujah. And so as we reach out, as you notice these ones, as you stop and take time to love these ones, to do it to the least of these, a, a kind word, an encouragement, some help, taking time. I mean, time is the new money for many people. It's, more, it's worth more than money. Some people could easily give money, but it would be very hard for them to give time. But to give time to people, to care, to give themselves, to stop for the one. These, this, the Lord takes it so personally. Yet I believe, we, as we've been talking about these little foxes, one of the little foxes that can steal from our experience of love with the Father is distractions that keep us from seeing the opportunities to experience the overflow of love and in reaching out to others. Most of the time, people who have received Christ as Saviour and Lord, as they've exchanged their life for His, as they've exchanged their sin for His righteousness, they are filled with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God within them longs for them to experience daily the infilling and the overflowing of God's love for them and longs to express that love to all that God loves. We get His heart, so a natural byproduct of having the heart of Christ the nature of Christ is that we love like he loves. But the little foxes that steal the fullness of our joy in, in experiencing this love come in many forms. We talked about um, them coming as fears, them coming in, in many different ways, little foxes, distractions, worries, anxieties. But another one comes in us, in allowing ourselves to become filled with our own concerns and distractions, those things that, that want to fill our minds and our hearts. A lot of the time you hear people talking about being present. But for many people, it's very difficult to be present in the moment because they're thinking about all the things that are going on in their world. You know, I believe as we really embrace the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that peace allows us and is an invitation for us to be present in the moment without anxiety or worry about the future so that we can experience the fullness of joy that includes the experience of the overflow of His love to other people. 
But without actually dealing with the little foxes, the little anxieties, the distractions, the things, the stress in our life, we can, we can miss opportunities for delight and for joy. Have you ever had a day where you are, you, you've got stuff on your mind? And you're so consumed with stuff on your mind and what's the things you've got to do and the things that are going on that, that you're almost, you know, paying your grocery bills or doing your things, interacting with people without even giving them your attention? Has anyone ever done that? Deborah, you and me, I've done that. You see... That's a little fox that's actually stealing an opportunity for me to reveal the love of Christ and experience in my own world another dimension of joy as I engage with the love of God in, in releasing it and sharing it. And it's subtle. But the Father is looking for us to live consistently, bright and clear, unclouded and uncluttered. So in order to do that, we need to be vigilant to guard our hearts and minds. We need to be vigilant to steward our thoughts, steward our hearts. When we have things that are bothering us and, and weighing on our minds, we need to be careful not to allow them to sap our strength for any length of time but instead to immediately recognize what they are, talk to the Lord with thanksgiving, make our request known to God so that his peace can come and guard our hearts. Hallelujah. If we would live consistently praying, consistently talking to the Lord and not, not thinking and, and behaving as though we are living this life trying to figure it out on our own, but if instead we learnt to embrace the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the helper, on a consistent 24-7 basis, we wouldn't miss the opportunities because we would be living alert and active and aware and uncluttered by the hindrances of stress that sort of hangs around like a cloud because it hasn't been cast on the Lord. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And what happens? And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Peace is so underrated the supernatural power of peace can transform the world. What would it look like to interact with someone that was absolutely, continually walking in perfect peace? It would be a person uncluttered by little foxes, because not because they don't have troubles. The Bible says in this world we'll have troubles. But take heart, he's overcome the world. But someone who lives in perfect peace is someone who has learned what it looks like to take full advantage of the invitation into genuine fellowship with the helper, the Holy Spirit. What would it look like 
if we were constantly aware of his presence, constantly talking to him, giving him all the thoughts, all the worries, all the ha- and asking for help all the time, casting our cares on him, thanking him. Okay, Lord, uh, that's a thought. Yes, that's a concern. I give that to you. I ask you for your help. Please. And you, you pray and you thank God for it. I release it to you. And you can, again, be fully present and able to experience the joy that God has for you today. You see, every day, God has laid up for you good works in advance. Those good works will bring you absolute delight and joy because it's an opportunity to experience another dimension of love. Hallelujah. Um, I, I feel like I'm preaching better than you're reacting right now. But you see, this invitation into righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is is an untapped resource for most believers in its fullness. The helper is more than a theory or a last resort. He wants to bring you genuinely into an experience of life and life more abundant than you currently experience. Is it possible that life could be more abundant than you currently experience? It's there and it's waiting for us, but it's going to take some change of mind. And that is we're going to have to move from a self-sufficient mentality come out of a mentality that says I'm rich and full and have need of nothing, but instead recognize I need help. I need help and you're the helper and by faith I can have it. So Father, yes, you and me are perfect team. Hooray, you're strong. I am weak and in my weakness, you are strong. This is awesome. Win, win. You love to be my strength and I love to have your strength. Win, win. He's our ever-present help in time of need. And if you're honest, your time of need is all the time. Or you could do it on your own, but I can tell you right now, his wisdom is far higher than yours. His ways are better than your ways. His thoughts are higher than what you could come up with. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you on a consistent basis. Hallelujah. And I really believe that as we begin to recognize these little foxes that are cluttering up our minds and our hearts, these little things, I mean, have you ever had a, um, had a smoke alarm in your house that's starting to run low on battery? It is the most annoying thing. What does it do? Beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep, and it's like, stop. And it goes on and on and on until you get up there and change the battery, right? Our hearts. We have everything pertaining to life and godliness, but if we don't feed ourselves on what God has laid before us, we start to run out of battery. And that output isn't peace. It's beep, 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 beep. 
It's stuff that doesn't want to come out that's actually annoying. Not beautiful, righteous, holy and wonderful, but really frustrating and annoying. God hasn't called you to do this on your own. He's called you to lean on Him and to work with Him. You see, we are the body of Christ. It's no longer we who lives. When He tells us in the book of Romans to reckon ourselves dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ, it's not a requirement of the law. It's an invitation into a help that will cause you to experience abundant life. Hallelujah. No longer I heal. Okay, I'm reckoning myself dead today. Oh, I need to do that. I'm a bad person. I need to reckon myself dead. Yeah, come on, kill the flesh. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, remember the truth of who you are. You died with him. Let's remember, you don't have to behave like you did before. You don't have to cope on your own. You know, if you're feeling sorry for yourself, it's because you haven't realized that you don't have to cope on your own. God's called us not to be an island, but to be one who leans on him and recognizes, thank God, I reckon myself dead today, indeed to sin, not by my works, but by simply through the grace of God, having faith in what he's done. I agree with you that I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. I have access to your help. You are my ever-present help in time of need. My time of need is all the time. So God, I'm asking you. You said if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. So I'm going to ask. I'm asking not just on occasion. But if I'd learned to live in constant dialogue with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will constantly dialogue with you. He'll constantly help you. He'll lift off the weights. Hallelujah. Cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. He is kinder than we've ever known. And the life of abundant good works and fruitfulness that he has for you is not so that you can impress him, but so that you can experience who you truly are. God is love. God is love. As he is, so are you in this world. So God says about you that you are love. And to experience the fullness of abundant life, you need him. You need to wake up and remember that you have power now to release this love and experience the fullness of joy that comes from receiving it and giving it away in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. God, you are good. Father, I see the divine invitation, Lord, before us, and I ask that you'd help us to recognize it in a greater measure, that we would recognize the invitation, Lord, to walk with you, in you, and Lord, to see like you see, to feel what you feel. You know, I used to read about the sheep and the goats. I'd listen to... I'd listen to, um, who sang the song? Keith Green. Sheep and the goats. Oh, man, I was so scared. <laughs> My mum used to play it in the car. Like, oh, I don't want to be a goat. 
And I used to wonder, how much good works do you do to actually not be a goat? <laughs> I was really seriously scared. But my heart wanted to do the right thing. But you see, that's not what that's about. The good works aren't earning you brownie points. The good works are something that you get to do as an overflow and as part of the glorious experience of this new life in Christ. It's our invitation to actually be like him. Hallelujah. The pressure's off. It's not about you trying to achieve, but it's about you actually being so filled with righteousness, peace, and joy that the opportunities in front of you don't go unseen, but are maximized, not because you should or because you have to, but because it's your divine delight and privilege and is an opportunity to experience a full and abundant life beyond what you've experienced before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Papa. We're going to pray for some people tonight. But I, I have an excitement in my heart about what the world is going to see. You know, all of earth is growing.